Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sanchez gets hit, the ball is loose, and it's alive. And then going into the end zone is Steve Gregory. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. On the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Good to see Carlos Beltran back with the Mets as a special assistant to general manager Billy Epler. I've always liked Beltran. I always thought he got a bad rap from Mets fans. You know, obviously 2006, Game 7, standing there with the bat on his shoulder, crushing uh, the Mets fans. But still, Beltran, one of the greatest position players to ever wear a Mets uniform. I know he wasn't homegrown, and I know his first year was a disaster, other than that, Beltron was terrific. And anyway, he's just a smart baseball guy. I love the hire. And I was thinking maybe it paves the way eventually for Beltron to take over for Buck. I mean, we know Buck's not going to be doing it long term. I would hope you get at least two. I want two more years after the third year for Buck. Sign a three-year deal. This is year two. I want a total of five for Buck. And then I'd be satisfied. But maybe Beltron will go back to being a manager. Maybe not. Maybe he'll just remain in the front office if he thrives in that role. But either way, I think it's good to have Beltron back with the Mets. And, you know, it's just weird with the Yankees where you have an organization that is clearly trying to win another World Series, right? First time since 2009. They go into the season without knowing who their shortstop is. This is a little different than when they had Derek Jeter in waiting and you knew it was going to be him to be their shortstop of the future. Between Peraza, Volpe, they don't know. I mean, maybe they do know and they're not letting us know, but it sounds like, if we take them at their word, it's going to be a competition with these guys. And then they have to figure out how they're going to make it work within that infield with a clear logjam that they have with Donaldson, forget IKF, with Glaber Torres, with LeMayu, with these young guys, Peraza and Volpe. For a team that has championship aspirations, and I get it. Look, not every player position could have an all-star at it. So you got to have some young guys contribute. We've seen that with successful teams. Yankees are trying to do that. Instead of just you know being the Yankees and going out and buying all the best players, the Yankees now actually trying to go a different direction 
in some of the spots. Well, same thing with left field. You know, Yankees don't have a left fielder. Now they're messing around. They do some minor league type things. Some BC Mets type things before Cohen Mets. That's a BC Met move to take Aaron Judge, your best player, and try to put him in another spot in the outfield to accommodate John Carl Stanton. That's what teams do that can't actually get a real left fielder. Well, we can't actually get a real left fielder. So why don't we take the best right fielder in the game, move him to left field, and then we'll have John Carl Stanton play right field. So because we can't really get a left fielder, that's what we're going to do. That's a BC Met move. And the Yankees are doing that. And then to have Aaron Boone who is very sensitive. I mean, Boone is sensitive. He didn't like the term data applicator, which I created and referred to him as. He is the face of the data applicators. Like it or not, Aaron, he's the face of the data applicators. He applies that data. Cashman and his crack staff get that data up, go out and give it to Aaron Boone, let him apply it. That's what they do. They don't run from it. They don't hide from it. That's what they do. But for Boone to sit there with a strand, and by the way, I like Boone. I mean, I don't know if I love him as a manager, but I like him. Personally, seems like a nice guy. Fun dude. Just got to learn how to manage. But Boone will sit there with a straight face and tell us, you're crazy. Quote, you're crazy if you don't believe he's got a bounce back year in him. Hmm. Am I? Or... Maybe you're the crazy one. And look, we'll see. Maybe Donaldson actually can make some contact. I mean, is it crazy to think that Josh Donaldson might make some more contact this year? Eh, Maybe not. But I do think it is crazy to think that he could have a bounce back year when you've now seen a decline here. You've seen a pattern starting with age 35, starting to go downhill. Age 36, a little bit further downhill. Age 37. 37? Guys generally don't get better with age unless they're, you know. Sean is calling from West Haven, Connecticut. What's up, Sean? What's up, sir? How are you doing? Good, Sean. How are you this morning? Good. First, uh, back to Darren Ruff. I'd like to tell about his foul balls. Um, <laughs> if my aunt had, you know what, she'd be my uncle. Right. Uh, she's still my aunt. So, um, having said think? that, um, about the Dolphins, or the Dolphins, the Yankees situation, I think the the more prudent move would be you put Stanton right, Judge center, Bader left. And have, having said that, this is also, I'm I'm not a Cashman hater at all. I recognize the good things he's done, like Nestor Cortez, other people we were able to flip into other people that were on the scrap heap that we took up. But also, this is admitting that he's failed left field position for now. Right. I think he'll try. What's that? No, I'm saying right. You're right. It is admitting they right. failed. No, left yeah. Field. So I, I think he's, he'll try to adjust that at the deadline. I think right now the Pirates, as far as the Reynolds trade, the Pirates have him in the corner, and he thinks he'll be able to make a move closer to the deadline. And the Donaldson thing, also, a bounce-back year is not expected. He's a former MVP. That's never coming back. But, I mean, I'm hoping, as a, as a Yankee fan, I'm hoping, um, it can't be as bad as it was. And he was good defensively. And 
Right, but they're not paying him $25 million a year to be a defensive third baseman. Right. I, mean, I know they like this defense, but they want homers. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Cashman made that trade, and that's something he's got to eat. He's got to take that to the face. And he's trying to hope that bounces back and makes him look better this year. But he, he has that guy on his face. Right, but that. let me ask Absolutely. you. Let me ask you, Sean. Who would you rather see get the bulk of the at-bats? Josh Donaldson or DJ LeMayhew? DJ LeMayu, 100%. Right. So where is LeMayu getting in place? Would you rather see Glaber Torres or Josh Donaldson? So, also, I think what Cashman's going to try, if it works out the way he's thinking, if one of them gets injured, he's going to have one of them to fill the other spot. And I think that's what he is, because you know how he always thinks he's two steps ahead, everyone. I think he's anticipating something like that, and this is his backup plan. Right, which is fine. Which is fine. But you also, you can't have... That many players because you're not going to get enough at bats, and also they have Volpe or Peraza as backup options as well. Likely, the way that it's going to go right now is that Peraza will be the starting shortstop. They're going to then have Donaldson at third, and if they can't trade Glaber, it's going to be Glaber, and they're going to have to figure out a way to have LeMahieu get at bats, which may be DH, which may be why they're talking about possibly having Stanton in right field because. You can't have Stanton playing DH, taking up the DH spot, if they have one of those infielders that they want, and in particular, LeMayu, get uh, at-bats. Absolutely. That's why I feel like this is the finished product. I think Cashman thought he was going to be able to get more things done this offseason, and he, he failed at it. And for that reason, this isn't a finished roster. I think by July it'll be way different. And having said that, it better be one of the young guys at short. If I see IKF there or anyone else, that's unacceptable. I mean, no chance. It's going to be Peraza to start. I would be shocked if it's not. Thanks for the call, Sean. Now, look, maybe Volpe wins the job over in the spring. That's a possibility. But I would be surprised. Based on what I saw last year, and look, it was just a small sample size, but Peraza actually looked like a defensive shortstop. You know, the Yankees in their metrics, they tell you that IKF is a good shortstop, but you watch him immediately and you say, no. No, he's not. The Yankees do some things that absolutely drive you nuts. They're the Yankees. I get it. Greatest organization in the history of the sport. Uh, I understand all that. The pinstripes. But they do some things with Cashman and Boone that drive you nuts. Now, hopefully this year there's more of a balance and less data and analytics Again, I, I I know why that's important, but maybe there's more of a balance with the human element where they bring in Sabian, they bring in Omar to help Cashman out. I like that. I just don't love I don't love the way the Yankees have gone about building their team. I mean, this is the Yankees. They are held to a different standard. You need a left fielder? What did the Yankees used to do? This is really not that difficult to question. What do the Yankees used to do when they needed a left fielder? They used to go out and get a left fielder. What do the Yankees do now when they need a left fielder? They move their best right fielder, possibly, to left field. How does that make sense? Hmm, doesn't. Danny's calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Danny? Sal, how are we, my friend? Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Thank um, you, Danny. How are you this morning? Good, good. I got to first say, while well, I was waiting on uh, hold for you, 
that guy Evan, what a piece of work. Don't don't uh, worry about that nonsense over these phone no, calls. No, but, uh, you know, some people, like I said, I think he's got uh, an unhealthy obsession with me. And he's look. Here's the bottom line: a guy like that has to look in the mirror every day. I look in the mirror, and you know what I see? I love myself. I'm comfortable with myself. He doesn't. So that's his problem, not mine. There we go. There we go. The reason for the phone call, though, is uh, what's your thoughts on Mr. Nimmo this year? Uh, I I like him at the leadoff position, and I'm very interested to see how the size of the bags could maybe help him uh, steal some more bags for us. You know, he gets on base, but we really... He's not a base stealer. That's the problem. Um, it, yeah. would, it, it would be nice. You know, I'm fascinated to see what is going to be, not that it's going to be a new game, but it's going to be different. It's going to be a different game where I think we'll notice the differences with all the rule changes, the new bags, the pitch clock, all these different things that are coming into play this year. It'll be maybe exciting and fun to watch as far as Nimmo becoming a better base runner because of it. I don't know. We'll see. It should be more action on the base pads. I just don't know about Nimmo specifically. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm also curious to see what Trey Turner looks like down in uh, Philadelphia. That's not good for us either. But, uh, uh, I forgot he was no, on the thanks Phillies. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the phone call and uh, keep doing what you're doing, pal. Well, thank you, Dan. I appreciate you taking the time to make the phone call. Thank you. You don't have to thank me. I'm here. I'll be a little 5 a.m. I need you guys to call. I want to talk sports with you. I don't want to talk sports with myself. That's boring. I could do that at home. Not that I would, because who wants to do that? Sometimes I'll try, you know, maybe tell my wife something, and she doesn't really care. Oh, hey, did you? What's that now? What? Never mind. But, no, I appreciate you taking the time to call. I don't think that Nimmo, see, if Nimmo could be a better base runner or a guy who could be a stolen base threat, and you're talking about a, a different level to his game. Nimmo's done a really nice job turning himself into a good baseball player, a solid ball player. I still don't love him in center field. You know, you can paint a bad picture for the Mets. The Yankees are weird because even in a bad year, the Yankees win 90-plus games. Man, the Yankees really struggling this year. Oh, will they end up with 95 wins? Yeah, rough year, down year. Well, they only won the they only won the division by five games this year, as opposed to you know ten or fifteen. What a down year for the Yankees! Yankees, it doesn't matter what they look like on paper going into the season; they end up in the postseason every year. They figure out a way; they get there. Now they haven't been able to get it done in said postseason, but they get there. We're not there with the Mets yet. As great as Steve Cohen has been. As much as he spends, as loaded as that roster is on paper, we're not there yet with comfortably saying the Mets are going to be a postseason team. Now, they should be, but that doesn't mean that they will. And you can paint a picture where the Mets aren't a very good team. Now, worst case scenario still should be 85, something like that type wins which would be a bad drop-off from a year ago, but it still should be enough to get into the postseason. And that's really all that matters. But you want to paint the negative picture? Let's just say that Kodai Senga is either not healthy or not as effective as the Mets hoped. Verlander, Scherzer don't stay healthy, because assuming if those guys stay healthy, they'll be fine. 
Nimmo regresses or he gets hurt himself. You know, I don't look at Nimmo as a real center fielder. That's kind of what got me on this tangent here. I thought they signed Starling Marte to be the center fielder. Nimmo took that job. And, you know, he's solid. He's a good player. But I don't think Nimmo's great. And maybe he's one of those guys that we look at and say, you know what? Yeah, we like Nimmo, but they could potentially do better. I know he has a different skill set, getting on base and all that stuff. And I think he gives good at-bats. He reminds me of John Rollrood squaring him up, putting good contact, you know, putting good wood on it. But you could paint a negative picture to Nimmo's season. You can look at left field for the Mets and say the same thing as the Yankees. Well, who the hell is the left fielder? Mark Canna, who I like, but is he really an everyday left fielder? Or is he more of a fourth outfielder? What if Alonzo got hurt? What about Lindor? I mean, those guys barely missed any time last year. What if Diaz isn't as dominant as he was a year ago? Now, some of the stuff, there's no... No reason to believe that there's going to be a drop-off. Sometimes law of averages happens, whatever. But, I mean, things happen. doesn't have to be a reason. Things happen. Kevin is calling from Queens. Good morning, Kevin. Welcome back, Captain. Long time. How are you, man? Yeah, where you been, Kev? Man, honestly, working and listening to you on the radio every time you, you get the chance to come back. Well, I appreciate Listen, that. Now. So, um, allow me to say something to this guy, Evan. Oh, no, no, no. Enough, enough with this guy. Please. But go ahead, tell me. Just just one minute. Yeah. Please. Evan, if you're listening to this, please get a new girlfriend, a new passion, a new career. Believe Sal Lacara alone, man. Yeah, he wants to be me, Kevin. You know that. I want to be you, too. No, no, you don't. You're happy with you. Evan's not. He's unhappy with himself. I want to kick some behind from these losers. But listen, <laughs> let's get to the point to what I'm calling you for. Yeah, good, good. Are, are we going to do this this year or not? What? Do what this year? Um. Oh, oh, oh no. No, don't go there, Kevin. Don't go there. We're, Hell yeah, we we're talk. doing that. Hell yeah. You wait till the Mets get a few games up on Atlanta. I'll be singing that all night long. You already know. This year, we're taking over the MLA East. How Trust much fun me. was that last year? Come on, we had a blast during the summer with that. Listen, I don't know about Cashman. I don't know about Aaron Boone. But in Buck and Uncle Steve, we trust. Correct. You know? And I know what you just were saying about the injuries and other stuff. I'm not concerned about the, 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 the AC Max. The BC men, they would have got me concerned. I said, nah, the season is over. That's it. <laughs> right. We lost it. Over before it began. The AC yeah. after Cohen, anything is possible. Listen, they have a plan B for anything that happens during the season. Trust me. I believe in this team. I believe in the front office. I believe in ownership. Now we have a real owner. Now we can say we go against all that. You think the Mets are winning the division? Of course. I put my money, my whole entire paycheck. Oh, I you did? On. You put your money where your mouth is? I, of course. I believe in these teams. So wow. We, we're, not, we're not the kids next door anymore. Correct. But still winning the division. No. Winning the division is not going to be easy. You know, with the Phillies and the Braves in there. I agree with that. But this is not the near your Knicks. This is the 
Uh, the AC New York Mets. Correct. King Cohen. I can't wait to see King Cohen celebrating with champagne after the Mets win the division. Have you seen what this guy has done to the atmosphere around City Field? Uh, I have, have not. Seen all not, the, not yet. All the changes on the stadium and all that for good. Like, you can feel a different environment now. Like, every time you pass by the stadium, like, the, the vibe is like you on the radio. Like, no disrespect to no other guys. And by the way, where's Marco? Marco's sick tonight. It seems like everybody's getting oh, sick man. around here. Matter of fact, I'm coming up a little bit of a bug. <laughs> What's tomorrow's show? 12 to 5? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I don't know. My so, throat's yeah, a little tickly. The vibe, the vibe that Uncle Steve had brought to this franchise is like having Tom Silver out of the baseball field. Look, this is everything, Kevin, you know as a diehard Mets fan yourself. Everything Mets fans could have dreamed of. To get to that level to where you're not, to your point, the little brother. We know the results have not been there, but that's something that will come in due time. But for right now, the Mets under Steve Cohen, and there's no reason to believe that anything's going to change anytime soon, they're on a different level. And this is year three I mean, we're talking about trying to he's trying to build this this team, this franchise, this organization into something special. And he's on his way to doing it. We're only in year three here. I agree. Listen, one thing I would love to do if I was able to do, I would like share like five years of my on my lifetime. You know, five and five, ten years between you and Steve Cohen. So I could see the guy making moves and I could hit I could um, listen to you on the radio, like talking about all this, this rivalry and all this stuff. That you know, that's something I would love to do. Like, but unfortunately, you know how it is. We well, cannot transfer age. No, I know. Well, I mean, look, we're all getting older, Kevin. And thank you for your call. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Now I feel like I'm back. Getting a nice call from Kevin. Always positive. We're all getting older. Yesterday was my cousin's fiftieth birthday. And as I was texting him, probably should have called, right? Is it acceptable? What do you think, guys, Fleegs, Manny? Is it acceptable to text your cousin on his 50th birthday? Happy birthday? Or has that got to be a call? I mean, we're talking about the big I mean, I'm in the generation where you just text. Right, exactly. Manny, you're even younger, right? So I would assume. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm sending a text message. So text. I don't know if I've ever called one of my cousins. First cousin. Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, whatever. First cousin. You know, spent many Christmas Eves together back when our grandparents were alive. Is this the cousin from the Super Bowl? Um, No, no. That cousin passed away. The cousin who told me that you're dead to me at the Super Bowl? Oh, sorry, right. Yeah, right. He died. That was the point of that story. Now, him I probably would have called. We just had that type of relationship. Anyway, but this is my first cousin. And, uh, you know, I get, you get caught up during the day. You're busy or whatever your work. But I sent him the text. And I was saying that there are... Very few birthdays that other people celebrate that make you feel old. That was one for me, where my cousin turning 50, you know, he's slightly older than me, obviously, you know, seven years. Are 40 and 50 kind of the only numbers where you think you'd feel that way? I like, don't we acknowledge after like 60, like you feel old, you are old. Like you're still, there's a lot of life, but like you're old. I don't know what's a lot of life. Now, wait, so what number are you saying? 60 or 50? No, no, no. 50, I think people might start to feel it. But 50, you're still, I mean, you still have a lot Dude, in front of you. I just remember when I was a kid, like, I would, I don't know if it was my parents or my uncle, be like, oh, my God, you're like 35. 
Wow, 35. I'd kill to be 35. And then when you hit 40, I, 30 bothered me. 30 was a rough one. And then 40 was a little bit, It's it was different for me. But now it's just like all, it's, you're right, like it's over. Like for me, 40, 50, what the hell is the difference at this point? But 550 is like, oh, man. I don't know. I can't speak to 50 because I'm not there yet, but. I mean, when you're 50, your daughter's going to be a teenager. You're going to have other problems to worry about. Yeah, right. My cousin goes, I feel 30 if it uh, matters at all. I go, no, it does not. You are. It doesn't really matter how you feel. You are, in fact, 50. That's all that matters. So happy birthday, Nick. But, boy, I don't want to say I hope I never catch it because we know the alternative to that is not a good one. But I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to 50 in, geez, now six years. I'll be 44 this year. Oh, my God. What is happening? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Alicata back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number of call. Going to 5 a.m. We started the show talking about Steve Cohen and his beautiful ownership. Three to five years. Will you leave him alone, media members, please? You can't take that literally. Also talking about Aaron Boone and his comments about Josh Donaldson. you got to be crazy if you don't think there's a bounce-back season in there. Now, look, I get Boone has got to talk up his guys, but come on. That's a peculiar hill to die on. Josh Donaldson, where there's been a pattern of decline? Come on, Booney. Come back to me here. Get back to applying that data. Tom is calling from Manhattan. What's up, Tom? Hey, what's up, Sal? How are you? Good, Tom. How are you this morning? 
I want to talk to you about the Yankees lineup. Uh, the Yankees lineup is not good enough to win a World Series. Uh, Brian Cashman is not good enough to win. Uh, just like you aren't good enough to be on a normal. There we go. Ron is calling from San Diego. Good morning, Ron. Hey, Sal. How are you doing out there? How are you, Ron? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I got a little bit of surgery tomorrow, so yeah, I'm doing, I guess, okay for myself. Hey, I, I got to tell you guys something. Um, I really enjoy listening to you guys at night. You and McPherson. I think you guys are the best. I, I don't particularly care to listen to the daytime because they ramble on about ha- you know, what uh, they whatever. have. Whatever. We, we appreciate the positive words. What's going on? Uh, what kind of surgery are we looking at here, Ron? Uh, oh, I got uh, heart surgery. Um, it's uh, s- surgery to replace a, a valve. Wow, that's so, a big one there. Yeah, it's a tough one. You nervous? I also, I'd be nervous. Yes, I am. Yeah. I, I really am. But, you know, it's going to be good, and I have a, a lot of positives going. Hey, I got a, a question for you I, I, I would like your opinion on. The um, the new shift rule, what Yankees do you think will benefit the most and what Yankees will not benefit the most? Um, Look, it's a good question. I mean – the the answer to me would be that everybody should be able to benefit from the shift, right? Because you now have defenses that are not able to line up according to your spray chart. And you would think lefties in particular, you know, Anthony Rizzo would come to mind with the Yankees off the top of my head. Um, you know, look, a, a guy like LeMayhew, who's going to get back in that lineup and hit the ball to all fields, he should be fine Regardless, the better hitters should be okay regardless, but the guys who are dead pull hitters or hit into the shift, and like I said, Rizzo would be the one front and center if I had to pick one, probably him. Those guys are going to be the guys that you would think would benefit. So we'll see how it plays out, but I just I think everybody benefits as far as the game goes. I hate the shift. I hated watching it. It made no sense to me. Um, that uh, it would even be put in the game or allowed in the game to begin with. Obviously, the game's evolved from where it was when I grew up watching it in the 80s and you know where we are now. But uh, I just, it, with all the data and all that stuff, moving these guys around on the field, I hated it. So I, I'm personally, I think it's going to be better for the game, and I personally look forward to it. I'm really going to enjoy watching it without the shift, to be quite honest. You know, And there were, there were players, um, uh, first baseman, uh, Teixeira, I mean, his career really got ruined uh, because of the shift. Well, know, he, and- yeah, but he, I mean, look, certain guys, and Teixeira was one that would just drive me nuts. I don't know if his career got ruined, and he would hit a ton of homers anyway. But he just right. wasn't, you You got to be a better hitter. You got to be able to hit the ball the other way. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, I, I wish guys were better hitters, but the shift to me still should not have been a thing. You know what drove me nuts? More so than even having, let's say, the you know shortstop play short right field. You know, you get the second baseman, first right. baseman. But the thing that drove me nuts was a ground ball. You're watching the normal camera view, right, from behind the pitcher. A ground yeah. ball hit up the middle through the pitcher. You think it's a base hit because your whole life you saw that <laughs> it's a base hit. Then all of a sudden you realize with the shift, there's a guy standing right there. Yeah, and how many how many balls that guy line drives that got caught by the second baseman playing in right? Yeah, I mean, they, was, they drive you nuts. Nothing. They it, drive you nuts. It really did. Hey, I, I got to tell you this one. 
um, I listened to uh, MLB Network this afternoon, and um, they had some sort of a, I don't know, it was a um, a type of thing where they projected wins and stuff. They had the Braves at 95 wins being the most wins. They had San Diego coming in second, Toronto coming in third, Yankees coming in fourth, and Houston coming in fifth. What do you got to say about that? Um. Well, I mean, there's a lot there. Give me one thing that you want me to respond to. Um, Houston. Do you see Houston as a, a fifth-best team? And you see Toronto as a third-best team? Houston in the AL as the number five team? No, I do not see that. You're talking yeah. about overall or just in the American League? Uh, overall. Yeah, I still think that's disrespectful toward the Astros, and thanks for the call, Ron. I have not looked at the win projections or anything like that at this particular point. You know, we're still five, six weeks away, whatever it may be. And I'm not going to get into the totals and all of that or what the expectations are going to be at this particular point. Fleegs and I will have some fun, and Marco as well. Um, and we'll do maybe some over-unders for the season. Figure out a fun way to do that. By the way, Fleegs, I did the football ones. I was 4-1. and one. I don't know if we ever tallied up the final... Uh, the final ones. I don't think we did. I think we did a midseason check-in, but that was it. Yeah, I was looking at it the other day because I had the, the index card at home. Who the hell did I hit? I was four. Oh, the only one I lost was the Eagles. I had the Eagles under 10 and a half. You had the local teams. I know that. I had the, well, no, I had the Jets and Falcons. I had the Ravens, which went under by a half. I had the Ravens under. They were 10 and a half. You got lucky. Lamar Jackson got hurt. Yeah, so that, that would have been a loss. So I had the Jets over, Falcons over one. I had the Ravens under that hit. I had the the Steelers over, which hit, I believe, on the last weekend of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Those were the four, and then I lost Philadelphia. Um, so I was four and one, which actually wasn't bad. Anyway, why the hell am I looking up the NFL stuff here? Um, anyway, with the baseball stuff, you got to have the Astros higher than that. Pay some respect to the champs. You can't have them as the fifth best record in baseball. Now, how it plays out, who knows? But going in... To have them behind Toronto, I think that that's disrespectful. And I just want to look at these standings real quick from a year ago. I do think Toronto is going to be better this year. I mean, it did win 92 games a year ago. And I guess the thinking would be, but the Astros won 106, is that? The Astros, you know, maybe in a tougher division now where the Rangers get a little bit better, at least on paper. The Mariners, you know, still a, a young, improved ball club. Now, I, I still think you got to put the Astros as the best team in the American League until proven otherwise. And then I'd probably put the Yankees behind them. And then maybe Toronto at number three. And again, I know you're going over, you know, they had Atlanta uh, in there. You're going over all the top teams. Uh, you know, remember, people look at the Mets as, oh, they choked and blew the division. And they did blow the division. They still won the same amount of games as the Braves did. It feels like they lost. I mean, they did lose the division, but... Think of what it took. They had to get swept by Atlanta, and they still ended up with the same amount of wins. Same exact record in the regular season. So I don't know if you could sit there comfortably and say that the Braves are going to be that much better than the Mets. I don't think that that is the case. I think the Phillies will be better, and I don't think the Mets or Braves are going to win over 100 games. You know, Dodgers maybe take a little bit of a step back. Padres, Giants, could they move up? Who knows? Uh, we got to go over the over-unders, have some fun. You have your totals there, Fleegs? I'm curious now. Not yet. I'll probably, okay, yeah, I'll no, probably no start to do those after the first week no, no. of the NCAA tournament. I mean, the football ones. What were you, three and three? No, I was, trying to, no oh. I was probably two and three, maybe. Wait, how many? We, we did five. We did right. five. Okay, yeah. I know I ended up losing the Saints. 
You had the Saints over? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, whatever. You could, I was just, I saw the index card. I was like, oh, let's check this out. I know I hit the Raiders under. That one was early and easy. Right. Yeah, and we did a good draft. We got to figure out a creative way to do it with Marco. Me, you, and Marco will do the baseball. And maybe we just do a straightforward, you know, like we did. The old uh, the old select whatever over-under that you want. Of the Could teams. do an over-under draft. Yeah. Where right. if one team's off the board, then, you know, the next person can't take that. Didn't we do that with the NFL? We did, I thought, you and I. But it's, it's we did well. It's tougher with three. Yeah, I love it even more. And then you're talking about involving half the teams in the league if you do five. Right, fifty. I like that. Fifteen teams. Maybe we have to look at that. And that'll kill an hour probably. Uh, where are we? Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We'll get back to your calls. Yeah, exactly. We'll get back to your calls uh, in a sec. Whatever it is you want to discuss, we talk some football. Daniel Jones, Jets, and Derek Carr and their quarterback situation. We get more into that. As well, been talking some Yankees, been talking some Mets. Whatever's on your mind on this Wednesday morning, Sal Akata on the fan. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Well, the New York Yankees have won the last game at Yankee Stadium on September 21st, 2008. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Look who it is, Dennis from Yonkers. Good to hear from you, Dennis. What's on your mind? Sal, how are you, pal? This cannot become a regular happenstance. The only time I'm up at this time is when I'm watching a long, giant baseball game. Uh, There's there's one of your over-unders, by the way, over 81.5 for the Jinx. Russo and I are putting a lot of money on that. Oh, (laughs) the little family play. I may join you. I like that one with the Giants. Um, Even in a bad uh, year, so, the Giants are going to be right around there anyway. By the way, Dennis, I finally got a chance to visit that beautiful ballpark last year in oh, September. Yeah, I loved is it. it. The great, is it the greatest or what? It's unbelievable. I sat in the old uh, candlestick seats in right, you know, in right field there. Yeah. I walked. I love the atmosphere for a team that was going nowhere. I played. They were playing out the string against the Rockies. It was incredible. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It is now. Listen. Uh, I come from you know sitting in candlestick for a number of time, a number of years, mm-hmm. and uh, that was no fun. But it was still a open air grass stadium. But that was the only positive about it. This is the most beautiful venue in baseball, and I've been to most of them. Not the, some of the new ones. I've been to Truist or Texas, but it's the most beautiful venue in baseball. Yeah, it was um, perfect. And usually, I like to go against the popular opinion with that ballpark it's the you you can't compare it is it, it i think and, it blows and, everything away and here's another thing that rubbed me long trust the yankees came back from doing you know they were trying to put together the new yankee stadium one of the one of the ballparks he visited was the giants and he came away he said disappointed you know why he was disappointed because that was privately financed on 13 acres that's all that is hmm. and uh it kind of rubbed owners and, and executives the wrong way that the Giants were able to privately find it because they couldn't get a referendum done. And they privately financed the ballpark, and uh, he wanted all those sweetheart deals for the new Yankee Stadium, which became a billion-and-a-half-dollar wiffle ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I have two bones to pick with you. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, one, uh, as I just found out, you went to Aruba during Super Bowl week. That's not what bothers me. What bothers me is you didn't take me. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Thought, Super Bowl week. If the Jets or Giants aren't in it, what's the? I mean, I talked about the Super Bowl week I thought, before. I, I, I thought we were buddies. You'd give me a ring. Yeah. What do you never? What do you mean you never call me, Moose? Maybe you never well, call hey, me. Here's the here's the problem. Look at look at the time. I fell asleep early. Flipped it on now, and I found you were on. I, I I've been flipping it on occasionally. You haven't been on. You, you that is on true. Some ungodly hour or whatever. The other bone, the the bone I do have to pick with you. I think you sat in with Evan last week. I guess it was. Yes, Thursday. And and you made the comment with your Atlanta Falcon perspective that Daniel Jones is not good enough to take the Giants to the Super Bowl and win it. Well. That's my only criteria for a quarterback. I mean, you know how high I am on, on DJ. Uh, and I have been, I, full disclosure, I was not when he came out of Duke. I had him, you know, I do a couple of drafts for websites. Mm-hmm. And I had him mid-second round, 48, going to Miami that year. So I was as stunned as everyone when the Giants took him six overall. However, when he hit the field in Tampa, that was not the same guy. Shermer, and Shermer is not a very good head coach, but he did a great job with him as a quarterback had a pretty good rookie year. Then the dysfunction set in. And then you saw what happened when the dysfunction got weeded out. And, he, and his skill set, which is elite, and his measurables manifested themselves on the field last, last year to the point where I, I said to Evan and Mark and Kim, if they play, if Saquon and DJ play the full season with this offensive, uh, with this coaching staff and this offensive system behind an improved offensive line, they would be giants going forward. The thought that I know that you know, you know what goes on in negotiations. The thought that they're not going to be here is absurd. The Giants. Well, it's possible. Extended. You you don't think no, it's no, possible? No, no, no. I don't think it's possible. Well, it's do possible. you think Jones gets franchised or no? That I can't. I can't answer how it's going to break down, Sal. But think about this: the Giants went twenty-two and fifty-nine for five straight years, but over five straight years. Okay, last year at a no, I I was hoping for a high side of seven wins. They end up going to the playoffs and winning a game. Mm-hmm. The, the two playmakers, who are the two playmakers on that offense? DJ, Saquon. Now, what are you going to do? You're going to lose one or both of them? You think Joe Shane is, is thinking, I'm going to go into the next season without one of my two best playmakers? I think and, I think well, Joe Shane, like Denny, I think it's realistic Joe Shane will let Saquon Barkley walk. Here's the scenario you can't have happen. That's the only playmaker, Sal. I know, it's but DJ. they're going to get more. They'll draft a running back for cheap and get it's great value easy. there. Not that easy. No, well, not it's not that easy. easy, but you know what? Good GMs do that. They have to build through the draft. Anyway, here's the problem. If Daniel Jones, and then, you know, he fired his agent, He's going to want more money. Is the Giants in him? They're negotiating, whatever. But it seems to me a little bit more contentious than I would have thought. So if the Giants have to franchise tag Daniel Jones, then they're going to potentially lose Saquon Barkley because Barkley wants more money. They're not going to pay him. They're pretty firm on that twelve million bucks. I can't. Ex- I can't see the Giants going far beyond what they said initially for Saquon Barkley, where he may, may want more. And, and by the way, I think that they're right. I'd side with Joe Shane on that. As much as I love Barkley, you can't overpay for a running back. Well, the reason you want to don't want to tag Daniel is because it's $32 million hard dollars. Correct. You can't, you can't, you can't reduce that. Correct. You and you could tag I, Saquon, I fair, obviously. Think about this. I, I, I thought the fair contract to DJ was going to be five years, 150 95 guaranteed, and maybe an opt-out after three years to make him feel a little better about it. 
and and they'll be creative. You know, Kevin Abrams doing cap for the Giants for ages. Uh, they'll get creative. They'll figure out a way. But you cannot. You have two playmakers. With all due respect to Darius Slayton, Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, who left everything out there on the field for the Giants, gave them everything they could have expected. Uh, the two playmakers on this team are DJ and Saquon. And now you you take a huge step back if you don't go into next year with both of those guys. I think they'd like to have them both back. I just don't know cap-wise if it's going to work, especially if Jones is playing hardball. If they get to a point where they have to tag Jones and not Barkley, that's where they get in trouble not having them both back. Now let's hope that they can come to an agreement with Jones here. I think the Jones side is posturing to a degree. Yeah, look, he wants to get as much as he can. But right, but why not some, help the team uh, out, Dennis? I mean, remember, I, 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 I'm surprised. I'm a little surprised because he's comported himself so well in four years here, and this this puts a little edge to it. But I, you know, it's negotiating. I get it. I understand. But remember, too, they declined. The Giants as an organization declined the fifth year option. They didn't. Mm -hmm. They they did it for a reason. That that makes sense. But that look, I'm as big a DJ guy as there is. But that one made sense. Of course it did. But but that's kind of my point. So now, Dennis, and you're right. It made sense. It was the right move. Nobody would ever debate that. I don't care if they have to pay more now. It was the right move to do. Now they're going to pay a quarterback. That a year ago they declined the fifth year option, right? Where they declined uh, to extend him at that that particular point. Now they're going to pay him around forty million bucks a year for the next five years and well, put yourself I, in more do, cap trouble. Do we do we think it's going to be forty? Well, first of all, if they give the the multi year contract, they can create they can be creative enough so that the cap hit this year is less through bonus mm-hmm. or how. I'm not familiar with all the intricacies. Of Me cap. neither. But 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 I but I there's ways they can do that so that they're uh, forty million or thirty five million I think it's closer to where it'll be thirty five million can look like twenty five million or twenty million against the cap. Sure. So I think uh, but but my real my 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 point is if the Giants don't bring back Saquon Barkley, listen, I know I know about the value of running backs, but this is he is a unique guy. You know when he came out of Penn State, I wasn't so sure. I, I thought the giant. I thought Gentleman made one of his few smart comments when he said he wasn't in love with any of the other quarterbacks in that draft. So you take the best player available, and that was Saquon. He is unique, though, man. He he turned. He is a home run hitter every time he touches the ball, potentially. And he's the only. He's right now, regardless of what you can do in the draft, and you want to build through the draft, regardless of what you can do. And this this wide receiver core is a little light this year out of college. Um, you need to keep a playmaker like him with DJ. I think they work really well together. And then you have to build around those guys. And yes, you have holes to fill. You have still have offensive line, wideouts, significant you holes. The you know, they even yeah, ba- they, they even basically said, and thank you for the call, Dennis. As always, great to hear from you. I know you're not going to get back to us because you don't like these hours. And look, who does? I mean, I can't uh, lie and tell you that I do either. But it is a job, and I need a job. So here we are. But anyway, great to hear from you, Dennis. Anytime you're available to give us a call. You know, with Saquon Barkley, he was great. He looked better last year, was healthy, wasn't dancing behind the line. Thing is, and the combination with Jones and Barkley was great. I understand that. Thing is, those guys, Shane and Dable, basically said, hey, look, what we did, and again, I'm paraphrasing after the year, but they were trying to prepare Giant fans for... A little bit of a letdown. It doesn't mean because they did that in year one of Shane and Dable that all of a sudden year two is going to be championship game or year three is going to be the Super Bowl. 
They're not there yet. They were not talent-wise good enough to be competing on divisional round weekend. Now, they got there. You give them credit. But talent-wise, they didn't stack up. And they're not going to be able to get to that level in one offseason. And what you don't want to do is make these decisions thinking, you know, if you're looking at this saying, hey, you know what, we got close last year. All we need is a wide receiver. Maybe we get over the hump. You don't want that to be the case. And I don't think Joe Shane's going to do that. I think he knows they looked at this team and says, we're not where we need to be. Not close yet. Then it comes to, well, what's it worth paying a running back? And don't get caught up in being sentimental either. I get it, let's say Quan Barkley. Great face of the franchise, him and Daniel Jones. Barkley, to me, is a lovable player, very easy to root for, very easy to like. Problem is he plays a position that you can find a guy in a draft at a great value. Not that they're going to be the level of Saquon Barkley, but it could be close to the level of player that Barkley is, or even, you know, just comparable, if not close, comparable at a much, much better price. And that helps you build elsewhere. Which is why if I were Gettleman and I didn't love any of the quarterbacks, instead of taking the best player, I would have traded down. They needed to trade down and get more players. Al is calling from Riverdale, New Jersey. What's up, Al? Hey, Sal. How are you? How are you, Al? Very good. Thank you. I was just listening to you and the last caller. I'm calling about the Giants also. I just want to know your take on what you feel. Obviously, now I hear what you feel about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I mean, like, you know, I was listening earlier to Carton and Roberts, and, you know, Carton was saying they shouldn't give him more than $10 million a year or 25 for two years, which I think is a major slap in the face after the season he had. He said that for Daniel year. Jones? <laughs> yeah, for Daniel Jones. That's, That's what good. he was saying. I was like, and, of course, uh, you know, Evans was going nuts over him. And, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I, I Listen, at first when they drafted him, I didn't think – it was such a great move, especially taking him first round, the sixth overall pick, the whole nine yards with that. But, I mean, it takes time to develop a quarterback, and I think now he's developing, and, you know, he's got a great coach underneath him. You know, I mean, look what look what uh, Dabo did, you know, up in up in uh, Buffalo. I know, I get I that, mean, but Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen. Jones is good. He, he turned out to be good this year. I mean, I don't right. know. You feel comfortable paying Daniel Jones, let's just say, forty million a year or whatever it is for five years? You think Daniel Jones at that level? Like he wants Dak Prescott money? I don't think he's worth Dak Prescott money, but I don't think Dak Dak Prescott is worth Dak Prescott. All right, money but either. so if you're the Giants, and look, the Giants want him, and they're going to keep him one way or another. Daniel Jones is yeah. going to be their quarterback next year, just a matter of if it's yeah. franchise tag or not. You know, exactly. I, I just don't know why Jones would be holding him up. And again, we got to see how these negotiations work out. But why Jones would be holding him up and run the risk of playing under the franchise tag? And then what if he has a down year next year? Well, you don't think that's possible? Him getting hurt or having a down year? Then what? Oh, it's, it's definitely possible. I think Daniel Jones should definitely think the way Tom Brady used to think: take less, build the team. Put other people around him. I mean, we had no receivers. We need a receiver. We need a number one. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, Brady did it. And look what, look, look, 
look at the outcome. Well, that's, did in New yeah, I was kind of hoping, Al. Yeah, I was hoping. I thought that would be the case, that Jones would take less. Yeah. Not that yeah. he needs it. Not that I'm yeah. trying to tell somebody to take way less, and thank you for the call, Al. But figuring that, and Fleegs and I had this thing going, that I he thought over $35 million per year. I said under $35 million per year, uh, per year. So we'll still wait uh, on that and see how that whole thing Can I cash out now? It feels like yeah. a win. Now, I don't know. What if they franchise tag him? That's oh, yeah, I guess that would come under. Oh, no, no, no. You don't cash out now. You can't be cashing that out now. Not so fast. I think it's going to be right around there. I mean, we talked about, I can't imagine it being much more than 35. What do you think, Emmanuel? We welcome in Emmanuel Barbari. What do you think here for Daniel Jones per year? You think he ends up getting a franchise tag or you think they work out a deal? I think it's a franchise tag. You do think he's going to end up. And then what do you think for Barkley? What does that mean for Barkley then? I think it means Barkley's out. Yeah. I think it gets so out of control given the new agency, the new representation, that the Giants have to franchise tag. Otherwise, you're ruining your franchise. You can't give Jones 40, $45 million. Yeah, they're going to be like, dude, come on. You're not Josh Allen. Like, You can I get- make an argument either way. They're better off letting him walk at $40 million or thirty-two because that locks up the cap. I mean, most of, their, 40. most of their cap space is gone if they franchise tag Daniel Jones. Plus, you're losing Saquon. How on earth are you getting better? Go yeah, get Derek Carr the, at that point. The, well, that's kind of what I was saying with Fleegs before. Now, and Fleegs brought a good punch. Well, they wouldn't do that. Carr's a little bit older by the time they're ready to win. And I don't even love Carr, but... Like if you're if you're considering paying Daniel Jones forty million a year, like right. at, at that point it's got to be like okay, timeout. I know we love what he did this year. I know we love him as a leader. Let's look over all of our possible options because right now, and again, I think they're bringing him back. But right now, maybe their best option is to go in another direction. And like with the perfect circumstances this year, you love what he did, but still, the numbers are the numbers. 15 touchdown passes, the best he's ever done. Derek Carr, people give him a hard time, but he's yeah. putting up 4,000 yards every season. Yeah, and he's I, there. I, I don't think. like Carr, but the, the comparison may be Dak Prescott. He's saying he wants Dak money. Look, uh, he's going to get paid. But, my God, for a guy that they declined the fifth-year option for, which is telling, that says something. You couldn't make it in the first three years. You couldn't cut it. And now, all of a sudden, he's going to be milking them for 40 million when he knows they're in a bad situation to a point where he's firing his agent. I was, I was shocked at that. Like when you're at $45 million, I think you have to be transcendent because that's ruining your cap. Right. That has to be a, not Mahomes because he's the best quarterback in football, but close to it where you make everyone around you way better than they are. You got to be a transcendent talent at 45. Jones isn't even in that stratosphere. Yeah, he's not. So if you get up to 45 with Daniel Jones, who is still trying to prove that he's like a Derek Carr level. He, right, he's not even on, on, on that level as far as proven with the numbers. Right. So when you Such take a, a step weird, back, it's a weird situation. It is a very... Bizarre. They almost... It sounds crazy to say, but they almost get hurt by the success that they had last year. They would have been better off had Jones stunk. They flopped. And you know what? We'd be talking about who are the Giants going to take a quarterback in the draft. Yeah, a few of those one-possession games go the other direction, and they're like a six-win team. They they missed out on the playoffs. They're probably in a better spot for their future. But Joe Shane is smart. Right. He, he's not going to let... See, you can't let one year, even as great as it may have been, you can't let one year change the way you feel about a player or change the way you look at your future moving forward. Like they can't get caught up to a point where all of a sudden, because they had one good year and they made the the division around that Daniel Jones is 
the guy that's worth 40 million bucks a year. And the good thing is Shane and Dable have bought so much goodwill with this season where they can make any decision they want. Right. And the fan base will buy into it. I think they could let go of Daniel Jones. They could do what they want with Barkley. And they bought so much goodwill here where people will be like, okay, I trust. I trust the direction. And what do you think there, Fleas? I don't know about that. You, We all have taken a lot of calls in the overnight from the Giants fans. I don't know if they can convince the Giants fans now that even at $45 million, a lot of them, yes. The majority, I'm not sure if they can convince them that letting him walk is an option no matter what the cost is. And... I don't know if they can convince John Mara of that either. Yeah, no, he's he'll be here. It's just a matter of how much they're going to have to pay. And I don't mean literally. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, figuratively as well. We're talking about it's going to be costly, not just the 40 million or whatever it is per year, but there are going to be ramifications of that. And I don't, I'm with, I think Giant fans, they love them. They loved it. They loved them before this year. We were here in. Pre-divisional round, is this the top five quarterback? Oh, my God. We've gotten outside we had, There were Giants here. fans that thought they were going to smoke, not just beat, smoke the Eagles. Yeah. And, Dan, by the way, Daniel Jones didn't look great in the postseason anyway. I mean, I know he had that big first half run on the football against Minnesota, but it wasn't like Daniel Jones was playing out of his mind and the Giants got beat. And the Minnesota games this year, both, what was it, Christmas Eve yeah, and, and the, playoffs. the playoff game, that accounts for two of Daniel Jones' three best performances. Right. And, you can't take those out, of course. You can't do it no, all in reality. Things. But you take out those three performances, and he's basically what he was his first three years of his career. And he's making a jump to $40 million territory. Now. Here's the best thing I would say for the Giants. You have Joe Shane. I would trust Joe Shane. So whatever it works, shakes out here, whether that's franchise tag, whether it's something else, I would I would trust Joe Shane. And Fleas brings up a good point. You also have Dable, who should help develop Whatever quarterback it is that's in there for the Giants. I would, if Jones wants to play hardball, let's play hardball if I'm the Giants. All right, big boy, you want to play hardball? Let's let's dive in. And I'd be, I'm dying to see, I would love to hear this. What would Daniel Jones get on the open market? If he hits the open market right now like Derek Carr, what is he getting? Is he really getting $40 million? I mean, are we going to be able to find that out? Let's see. I want to find out. He's a free agent. Let's see. Eight seven six. Good. Who's, who's pushing the Giants into that forty five million dollar territory? Yeah, right. That's point. what I'm saying. Who's pushing them? Who Who's gonna pony up? I'm sure somebody would be interested in Daniel Jones at that number. I don't know. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.